When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Album for the Day with John E. and Jay. As we fire up the second year of Album for the Day, we do a little pivot. Mm. We've been doing a different album every day uh, for a year. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's 360 <laughs> something of those for you if you want to go check those out. Yeah. Um, we're going to be focusing still on albums. But in the context of the people who are on the albums and the contributors who made the albums what they were. And I think that's really what breaks down the whole music scene of what we're doing here. It's just it really gets the backstory of who the people are creating the music that we've grown to love over the years. We found a bunch of new people that we get to talk about, which is exciting for me. People I didn't even know who were on some of the most fantastic albums ever played. And you know the music, and you've heard it, and... Now it's time to get to know the artists. Yeah. Album for the day. Today we get into another person behind the albums, and another rarely singled out instrument, and we dig into Ian Anderson, most Mm. closely associated with Jethro Tull, but quite the... uh, Flautist in his own right. <laughs> I love the word flautist. Isn't it great? It's amazing. God, I've been waiting to use that for weeks. I know. And like, and Ian Anderson is—he's the perfect flautist. Watching his, watching him perform is—it's like, no, that dude—he's a flute player. Like that's what he is. And it's like, you know, and he's a multi instrumentalist. Like he can play the guitar. He can play the saxophone. He can play, but it's harmonica. like he can play the harmonica. He can Which play. Which is actually why he does the stand on one leg he, playing the flute thing because he did it when he was playing the harmonica. Didn't think anything about it. Yeah, people be calling him a deranged flamingo. Yeah, but, unquote. Yeah, but um, at the same time, he can play the hell out of that flute. I mean, they're not wrong. Yeah. And it's so crazy to me that he didn't even... It wasn't like he started with the flute. It was like, okay, well, I know I'm not really going to get anywhere playing this guitar. No, dude. He literally said, I'm not as good. I'll never I'm be, gonna as, be good as good as, as Clapton. Clapton. Yeah. And, and it's I like, was like, what? What a fortunate Who? turn of events there. Right? Thank God you weren't as good as Clapton. Man, I can't believe I'm about to say thank God for Eric Clapton, but thank, thank God, God for, for Eric Clapton. Clapton. Mm, yeah. Good times. Good times. What's really funny is like, so he did the whole Jethro Tull thing, and, you know, John Glasscock died, mm-hmm. and he had already started to think something solo, and. Basically, the record company was like, no, no, that's going to be a Jethro Tull album, yeah. which would come back again later uh, with oh, something how different. But so his first official solo record was 1983, mm-hmm. uh, Walk Into the Light. Mm-hmm. 
and it was very different from the one that came out before it. So I would say that was that a fortunate twist as well. Yeah. But he started to work with bamboo flutes. And if you're an instrumentalist, you know, that's very difficult. And it's also a very precise thing. It's got to be made exactly. Exactly right. Um, but what's funny is that... Um, he uses stuff like blowing way too hard or shading over the hole instead of yeah. instead of actually covering it all the way. And his daughter began taking flute lessons and was like correcting his fingering. Which and that's like it's, dude. Dude. That's Ian Anderson. <laughs> but dude, Ian Anderson was like, You're right, and re recorded everything. Well, yeah. Was like, oh, yeah. But it's still, I'd be like, uh, I think I got this. I've kind of made a career out of it. Listen here. Listen you, here. Everything you know about the flute, you, well. Well, you play it your way. I play it my way. Right. Is that, the, that would be the MO I would take. But, you know, with him, it, it's also a thing of like, okay, it would it would bring up a new way of doing things, which may open some new doors. You never exactly. know. You never know. I'm going to play with overblowing and hole shading, and you do it your way. Yeah. Just yeah. want to say those again, because those are great hyphenated terms. Mm, hole blowing. No, hole shading. Hole shading. And overblowing. Overblowing. Eh, you see where I made the mistake. <laughs> Now that you've brought up the fact that they're interchangeable, the possibilities are really exactly. endless, aren't they? All right, Ian, you have your homework. <laughs> we gave you a new project. Yeah, the uh, the greatest moment I feel uh, in Ian Anderson's career is when he won a Grammy over Metallica for the hard for best metal album of the year, and everyone in the world just sat back and went. What? I think that that is the greatest moment ever. For like the man that brought us songs from the wood, wood to oh. win best oh. metal album. It is hysterical to me. I know that he I was like they didn't even metal, go. Bro. They didn't even go. No, they were they like, were this like is a joke. they were like what? That's ridiculous. And Metallica was like uh we kind of invented this um Maybe and in their speech in the next year when they actually won the Grammy, Lars Ulrich uh, went up to the stage and was like, "Well, we'd like to thank Jethro Tull for not putting an album out this year." <laughs> <laughs> How Lars? Oh, I know, I know. I think oh, it's great. What a treasure. And J- Jethro Tull has got some absolutely classically wonderful records. Benefit. Uh, Aqualung, uh, th- those two right there put you in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 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 my book. Thick as a brick is an absolute epic of a song. I mean, it is literally two sides of a record. It is, and it, I mean, it's a twenty what twenty five minute song ish, yep. and it's just like. It just keeps going and like, but it's not like, oh man, why will this song not end? It's like he hasn't. Uh, they just keep bringing new twists and turns, and he absolutely crushes it. It's just such a good record. 
Well, he's been recognized in a number of different ways, uh, not just as a musician, but as happens with residents of the British Isles. Uh, various other achievements are bestowed. Mm-hmm. Um, we've brought up before about the Ivor Novello Award. Yep. Um, however, his was for international achievement. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has an honorary doctorate of literature. Um, I mean, his lyrics are uh, a friend of mine, and I, I, it up. I, I have not, I have not corroborated this. A friend of mine told me that um, Kevin Schultz, which the dude, he knew more about music. He's the guy that got me into Jethro Tull to begin with. He gave me his copy of Aqualong. And he said that uh, uh, they were recording in the studio at the same time as Led Zeppelin. And uh, Zeppelin was in, like, Studio A, and they were in Studio B recording or whatever. And uh, somebody asked him, you know, oh, how do you feel, you know, about the recording with, you know, Zeppelin's in the next place, you know, blah, blah, blah. He said, oh, yeah, they'd be a great band if I was their lyricist. And it was like... I've all, like, that's more than a light slap. Yeah, it's a, that's a heavy-handed blow, and I have I've never, you know, I never corroborated that quote. It was told to me, and I believed it. It was told to me with confidence. Let I'm, me say this: it's believable. It's believable. Yeah, because Ian Anderson is a like he like he's like he's the thug from the woods. <laughs> Let me bring beard from the woods. <laughs> yeah, the guy's awesome. The guy's absolutely awesome. I would awesome. say one of my favorite collabs that he did. Um, yeah. He played on the track Cannonball by The Darkness. Oh, yeah. On Hot Cakes from 2012. Yep, yep. Um, he's He's been a... I mean, just why, people from all over the world. Yeah, why would you not want to play with Ian Anderson? Right, I mean... You know, we need a flute. Who should we get? Man, mm-hmm. if the first name out of your mouth. Yeah. It's Ian Anderson or Maceo Parker. It's that's that's it's the short list. Lizzo. Yeah, Lizzo. Now, let's be fair. And I don't, mm. we're not doing an episode on her right now, but I would say a lot of people younger than us uh when they think about the flute they don't think of Ian Anderson as we did, our parents did, whatever. Um, they think of Lizzo because she's bringing it back. She's bringing man. it back. She's bringing it back. Bless you, Lizzo. Uh, love me some Lizzo. What would be dope would be a collab. A Lizzo, Ian Ooh. Anderson. Old school meets Flutet. Can we call it a flautet? I'd like to call it that. I would yeah. like to call it a flautet. Flautet. Flautet meeting. Hashtag Lizzo versus, can we say versus Ian Anderson? Yeah. I like that even yeah. more. Bring some competition. Dueling flouts. <laughs> Check my whole shading and overblowing uh, yeah. as I beat you. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> that would be fantastic. That would be great. Man, yeah. we just gave you, like, the whole idea, guys. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. If that comes out... Uh, yeah, you have us to thanks. I, I want to be on the front row. Please and thank you. Mm-hmm. Love you both. Mm-hmm. You're wonderful people. Um, so, more recent projects uh, of Ian Anderson, um, which, as a Jethro Tull fan, 
I would say go check it out. As a as a fan of music in general, uh, to say you've heard it before, you're definitely going to go, huh? It's certainly not. Mm, I don't want to use the word original, but it's very. Um, he harps from the past quite often on "Thick as a Brick" too. Um, um, it came out and it's released as Ian Anderson. Uh, it was released in 2012, and I believe the label actually says Jethro Tull's Ian Anderson. Yeah, and I think that that's a cop out to make more money on the record company's part, possibly. Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. Yeah, it's it, you know. But it but it comes down to like if you like Jethro Tull and you haven't heard Jethro Tull in a while, put on Thick as a Brick too, and you'll go, "Ooh, I like this," because there's samples of the old Jethro Tull stuff kind of in there. I mean, it's very similar. And if you don't, if you like the old Jethro Tull stuff, you're gonna listen to this and be like, "Oh, that is that's nice." But if you just listened to any Jethro Tull, you'll go specifically Aqualung. So here's what I'm going to say about that, man. Yeah. John Fogarty went to court mm-hmm. over the same thing mm-hmm. and established everyone's right to plagiarize themselves. Yeah, no, I, yeah, no, I, and, I'm um, with you. I'm with you. That's what I'm saying. He, it's, it sounds like an old Jethro Tull record. Of course it does. And it's it's not a, a creative breakthrough. It Let's is, not sugarcoat it, homie. We yeah. listened to it a minute ago, yeah. and we were picking out the specific, specific songs, songs yeah. that, that it was referencing. I yeah. mean, it's not super veiled. Yeah, no. And, and you know what? That's and fine, that's cool. man. It's your song. And, and you're not I, Elton John, and it's still your song. And I like it. You know exactly, like because Either I way. like because I like Jethro Tull. I liked it the first time. There's new. Why lyrics. wouldn't I like it this yeah, time? There's new lyrics. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> England's oh, rose, Scotland's rose. Ooh, the Scottish. One thing I, you know, and this is just me being a dummy. Uh, I did not know before really looking this up. I always thought Ian Anderson was British. And he is Scottish, and I felt really bad for myself for not knowing that before. Before this, do you think the British kids used to make fun of him? I don't know. I mean, he was a Scottish dude who played a lute, because of course we're and danced around in what looks like pajamas. So possibly. I mean, it's an alternative to a kilt. So. Mm. Well, but he could at least show him his balls. He's been his all. <laughs> he could give him the full moon and say, "Hey, you know," and go in some, you know. There, I'm sure there's some Scottish. I cur- believe in miracles. The Scottish, the Scottish people are so wonderful. They know curse words I've never heard. <laughs> I haven't even imagined using a word for that before. Oh yeah, yeah. But you know, I think everybody thinks of Scotland and you know Braveheart, and oh, yeah. then there's such a delightful blend of things from England. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting thing where he's Scottish, but um, I will say one more thing about a, a health issue that he acknowledged recently. Mm-hmm. Um, he acknowledged in an interview with Dan Rather that he was suffering from incurable COPD. 
and um, he had been diagnosed a number of years prior, and uh, that was in 2020. Um, he went on to state his belief that a likely cause of this condition has been the use of on-stage smoke machines in live performances throughout his career, long career. And he's used medication, avoided pollution, done all kinds of great stuff, and says that it hasn't affected his life any further. But I do know that that is quite the debilitating disease. Mm. And, um, you know, a lot of people that get it end up on oxygen. Mm. Well, let's hope. And I don't know if anyone to this point has ever attempted to play. I don't know. While inhaling. I don't know. I, but if anybody could, it'd be him. It'd be him. It would be. Well, we love Ian Anderson. He's the greatest, man. Dude, he's... Yeah. And, you remember and, when we waited and waited and waited to go see Jethro Tull and the, the Edgar Winter Group yep, at the, the Wild, Wild Horse, Horse Saloon? Saloon. Absolutely. And they blocked off the entire floor, and we were like, oh, that sucks. Yep. What are they going to do in all that space? Are they going to like line dance during the show? Yeah. So we went up to the very top floor, and then they pulled the ropes back, and we ran all the way down the bottom. <laughs> and we got in up front. <laughs> we got right up front. Uh, it had was... like big balloons, huge white balloons that had silver flutes on them. Yep. They were bouncing them around the room and stuff. That was... It was a really, really cool show. Quite and the spectacle. It was really cool to see him. And this was this was nearly 20 years ago. Um, but it was still a fantastic show, uh, and yeah, if if you if you do get the opportunity to see him play, go. And granted, I got twenty years ago is the last time I saw him, so we'll you know. And he's uh, probably thirty years my senior, so at yeah, least. At least. But anyways, uh, album for the day today. Um, one of the most. Um, unlikely rock and roll like just power performers a flautist Ian Anderson of Jethro Tull be sure to give us a like, follow, subscribe wherever you listen to us Uh, if you have any requests shoot us an email to albumfortheday at gmail.com follow us on twitter at album the number for the day Um, yeah Thank you for listening, and we will catch you when we catch you. And we'll bungle in the jungle. Well, that's all right by me. I'm a tiger when you won't love. I'm a snake if we disagree. <laughs> the snake sound, you jackass. <laughs> after starting the podcast you can search for the album use the three dots and hit add to queue now the album will start as soon as the episode ends woohoo